This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and the birthday boy oh, himself, Steve Peters. We're not talking about it today. We'll get to you a You get little... to a point where you don't talk about it anymore. Yeah, Leanne, that's we're okay. That well, I'm sorry we're going to talk about it, but not right now because <laughs> we are very excited to be joined by a special guest. Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals are in town tomorrow night for their first ever trip to Mullet Arena and to talk a little bit of caps. We're talking to the Athletics Capitals beat writer, Tarek Elbashir. Tarek, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I, I was always wondering why you guys hadn't had me on before. So I took Craig a little while to, uh, to to give me a call, but I'm I'm honored to be here. I, I I am sorry to slight you in the past, buddy. It, it, it was nothing personal. <laughs> no bacon. How you been, by the way? How you been? Great, great. Um, it's it's been it's been kind of a, an interesting year here uh, in DC covering the Capitals, which you know is a lot of fun. I've been covering the team since uh, Ovi's rookie year, actually before that, going back to his draft year in two thousand four. Then there was no hockey that next year, and you know the last few years it gotten a little stale. It was the same guys. It was the same first round exit. It was just it's kind of boring. And this year, um, uh, there's been a little bit of everything. There's been big injuries. There's been struggles. There's been Ovi breaking a record every other night. Um, it, it's been a lot more exciting. So for a veteran sports writer uh, like myself, it's just been uh, you know more easily to be engaged all the time and, and to enjoy going to work every day. Huh. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we enjoy going yeah. to this part of the work, right, Craig? Right. right? We're not going to talk coyotes with you, Targ. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm over talking the coyotes. coyotes. The coyotes did beat the Caps earlier this year. They did. They've done some well. And, and I'm not sure of the wisdom of that decision, <laughs> given what they're trying to accomplish. But again, that's not the show topic today. <laughs> We're here to talk Caps. We're here to talk Ovi. Let's start with the Caps. You mentioned the season. As of 12 days ago, when I looked at man games lost, the Caps had lost more than 300 man games to injuries, which led the NHL. And we're not talking about minor players here. We're talking about Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, TJ Oshie, John Carlson, Dmitry Orlov. There have been a lot of big names out of the lineup, and it clearly impacted them early in the season when they were out of a playoff spot and people were wondering, are they going to get back in? They had that crazy streak. I think they won, uh, what was it, like 11 of 12 or 10 of 11. But they've been scuffling a little bit again lately. What's what's your read on this season and all the challenges yeah. and how they're managing it? Yeah, so the injuries have, have been the overarching kind of theme to this season to this point. Um, with the big the big names, Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson, now they're back in the lineup. But everyone knew they were going to be out until you know late December, early January. So when you look at that man games lost, it's a little deceiving because – 
the Capitals had accounted for the fact that those guys were going to be out for so long. What they didn't know was that John Carlson was going to get hurt twice. And he, you know, he's out again now with his second major injury. Uh, they didn't know Dmitry Orloff was going to get hurt. And so, oh, oh, you know, and Connor Brown, they signed Connor Brown or yeah. traded for him in the offseason to replace Tom Wilson, who's going to be out until January. And then he blew out his ACL four games into the year. So, uh, you know, it, it's been that kind of year from an injury standpoint. Uh, you know, Darcy Kemper missed a few games there, too, with a head injury. I mean, there's been a lot going on. Uh, you know, that said, the team did figure some stuff out in, in mid-December um, and started playing better defensively, and they started getting secondary scoring. And Charlie Lindgren, the backup goaltender that no one really knew much about until he got here uh, this offseason, he took the reins and ran with it. And so they turned things around in December. I believe they were 11-2-2 two two for the month, and that catapulted them from 12th in the East um, you know, back into solidly into a playoff uh, position. And what you're seeing here now in the last six games, they've gone two and four, is they're trying to integrate Backstrom and Wilson back into a lineup that it learned to cope without them. And mm -hmm. so those are big personalities. Those are big minute guys. Those are guys who demand the puck. And, you know, they're great teammates. And I think eventually it's going to be good for the team. But they're kind of going through some growing pains right now while they try to figure out how to deal with 14 healthy forwards. What's the latest on John Carlson, by the way? I know that was kind of a scary ear injury. There was some miscommunication of exactly what happened with that ear. So maybe you can fill us in on all that. Yeah, his ear did not fall off. I, I was actually, <laughs> That's good. Uh, it, it did not fall off. Uh, you know, seriously, you know, he hasn't uh, uh, spoken publicly um, about the injury yet. Uh, he's been kind of behind the scenes. But, you know, I, I've seen him behind the scenes. I've bumped into him in the parking lot. He's doing much better. He's doing much better. The, the injuries, though, are significant. And he's going to be out a while. He's going to be out. I mean, anyone who takes a 90-mile-an-hour slap shot to the side of the head, <laughs> you know, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to really guess as to what the injury is, right? I mean, um, he's going to be out a while, and um, he's going to be out probably, if I had to guess, another month, month and a half. He's, they're hopeful that he's going to come back around March, and they can kind of ramp him up and get him ready for the, uh, the postseason, which is going to present a whole other round of questions when it comes to the cap. Because by putting him on LTI, they were, they were able to bring back Nicholas Backstrom. Well, when Backstrom is still on the cap and Tom Wilson's on the cap, and now you're trying to bring back an $8 million John Carlson, they might have to offload some salary. And, you know, the trade deadline might be before they know if John's going to be healthy. So there's a lot of moving parts here over the next five or six weeks. Um, and, and the Caps are going to have to be on their toes and, and make sure that they get it right. You know, this, this team is interesting, at least from outside of the market perspective, because they were very much, you know, in their cup window at Ovi's peak but I mean he's still at his you can argue he's still maybe at his peak but you know they're an older team I believe the second oldest team in the NHL behind just Pittsburgh and before the season started we sat here and debated if this was you know a, a playoff team or anything like that so what do you think the immediate possibilities are for this team like are they still in their cup window are they a cup contending team still that's a great question Olya. I, I you know I I would say um that when things are working for them, like when, when they're on top of their game and they're getting strong goaltending, they defend like a team that can contend. Uh, they still have some high-end scorers. That said, I, I feel like there's a lot of moving parts 
that need to come together for this team in order for them to really become a legit uh, team that can do some damage in the playoffs. I, I feel like they've had good goaltending for a couple of weeks, and then it isn't so great. They get secondary scoring, and then it goes away. The top guys carry the team for a little bit, then that goes away. They haven't been able to put it all together. The one thing that's been constant is defensively they've been good, and that's a hallmark of a Peter Laviolette coach team. Like that's just you know he, he plays a lock. They they're able to you know uh, muck it up a little bit and 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 keep the chances against down. That's what they've been good at all year. Um, if they're able to put it all together, you know, I hate to sound like a homer, but I, I think they could win a round or two. And, and, you know, the playoffs in the NHL, as you guys know, it's it's the most random event on the sports <laughs> calendar. It's a game played on ice. You know, there's bounces. There's weird referee calls. There's momentum swings in overtimes. There's there's injuries. There's, there's so many things. You, you know, it, it's not like basketball where, you know, the star players play almost all 48 minutes. You know, Alex Ovechkin's a great player still, but he's only out there for 48 seconds at a time, you know? Um, so so th- that kind of adds to the randomness of it. And um, I guess that's a long-winded way of saying, I don't know. I mean, like, like, like <laughs> maybe, like maybe I, as, as a guy who's been covering this team since 2004, I really want to see them make another run, another kick at the can, uh, and, and get that opportunity because I, I feel like, you know, as, as good as the Ovechkin era capitals have been, um, I do feel like they should be working on cup number three right now, wow. not trying to get cup number two. And just to solidify Ovi's, you know, not that he really needs it cause he has won once and, you know, everyone knows what he's, what he's capable of. But I think just to, just to make sure that no one says, oh, that 2018, that was a fluke. You know, that that was the year that, you know, the, the, the seas parted and they were able to take advantage of, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, just so there's none of that garbage, like just win one more time. He's got three years on his contract after this one. Just do it one more time for me, for Tarek. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> see, see I, I understand that completely, because as we know, it's always about us. Go ahead, Leah. Um, <laughs> you're good. Um, are there any moves that this team needs to make at the deadline to like what what pieces right now, besides obviously all the injuries, getting those guys back to 100 percent health? But are there any other moves or things you think need to be filled? Well, that's a great question. And and my, my initial response would be they don't have the cap space. I mean, if if Carlson's going to come back and they are planning on him coming back, like they're going to have to offload cap space like they, they're going to have to send someone to another team. I, I mean, they, they physically cannot put his cap um, uh, or his, his uh, cap hit back on, on the, the salary cap and make it work. So I, I think they could probably use maybe a little bit more depth on the wing because, you know, TJ Oshie has been banged up and he's missed some time. I think it'd be nice to a nice luxury to have, but I uh, maybe if, if Carlson's not going to be a hundred percent, maybe you want to beef up, the the you know bottom the bottom pairing on on defense you know last night that they lost to Minnesota at home three to two it was a great game it was a lot of four four two there was an empty netter at the end it was a great uh, game between two good teams but Minnesota scored their first three goals the exact same way they parked Ryan Reeves in front of the net and no one could move him they just the the Caps need that one kind of Joel Edmondson kind of snarly, you know, angry dude who can just get guys out of um, uh, Charlie Lindgren and Darcy Kemper's grill a little bit. And, you know, I feel like they maybe don't have that right now. 
I just don't know if they're going to, if Carlson comes back, I just don't know if they're going to be able to, to, to make that work unless they, they trade someone else that I don't really see, you know, being traded to open up that space. Josh Par- Brown is cheap. I was about to say, Josh, yeah, Josh Brown, Brown might fit that picture. And a guy who isn't that gritty, tough player, we'll bring it back to some of your Arizona connections. <laughs> and people always talk about this being a bust in Arizona, but let's talk about Dylan Strom. Right now, he's third in points on this capital team, largely because of Backstrom's injury and him having to take a bigger role. So let's go to your two Arizona players. Dylan Strom, what has he meant to this team and Alexander Ovechkin this season? And Darcy Kemper coming off his Stanley Cup winning year with the Avalanche. How does he fit into this capital seed? Well, let's start with Strom. I, I think he's he's been really, really good. I think from an assist standpoint, uh, you know, he, he's ahead of pace, uh, career pace. I think goals-wise, he scored a goal last night. Um, that's maybe been a little slow for him, but I, I think he's finding his way. Now, he was a healthy scratch a couple of games ago, but that was more because... Laviolette is trying to figure out how to manage 14 healthy forwards now that Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson. I mean, everyone's been out. Anthony Mantha, $5.7 million player, he sat out. Um, uh, Lars Eller was out the other night. So I think everyone's going to kind of take the turn, take a turn sitting in the press box, um, you know, short of the the really top guys. So I I think that that, uh, just to make make that clear, it it wasn't necessarily performance-based. That was – um, a roster space uh, type deal there. And I think he's been really good. He's been good on the power play. Um, uh, you know, I, I think he signed a one-year $3.5 million deal. To me, that was for a player of his draft status and his ceiling. To me, that was a kind of prove-it deal. And I think he's, he's, he's proving it right now. I, I think he's a player that should he have, you know, a second half the way his first half went, I think this is a, this is a, a player the Caps would want to sign, you know, at, at what's he, 25, 26? You know, they're, they're trying to get younger. You know, he's, he's not a great skater. He's not he's not fast, but he does um, a lot of other things really well. I, I, I could easily see them signing him to a, to a bridge-type deal. Um, I, I just know internally they've been very happy with, with what they've gotten from, from Strom. Um, Kemper, you know, that was their big ticket item, right? I, I, that, that was – he was the best goaltender on the market – uh, he missed a bunch of games after getting elbowed in the head inadvertently by Tyler Toffoli in Calgary back in early December. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't his fault. Um, that kind of disrupted his season a little bit. I, Kemper, to me, has been really, really good for long stretches and then had, had so, small stretches of, eh, okay. Um, uh, but overall, he's done exactly what they signed him to do, which was to solidify and bring some some veteran leadership and calmness and steadiness to a goaltending position that last year was you just I, I don't know how else to put this and I, and I know that Vitek Vanacek's having a good season for New Jersey and Ilya Samsonov's been pretty good for Toronto but every time the puck crossed the blue line I was like oh. what, what's I mean and, and if and if, if a reporter who doesn't really care about the result of a game is seeing that then I got to imagine the guys on the bench are like, oh, <laughs> you know, I, and now when the puck crosses the blue line, it's like, ah, Darcy's got this. Ah, Chucky's got this. It's not a big deal. And so that just, that just changes the way a team plays. It changes a team's mentality. It brings the pulse rate down. It allows guys on the bench to focus on what they're doing instead of, you know, tr- trying to, oh, I got to be inch perfect defensively or we're giving up a goal. So, um, so I think Kipper's been really good. Um, I, I think, 
uh, you know, for a lot of the last month, he's been top five or six in save percentage. I mean, that's all you can ask for from a guy you just signed to a contract, you know, that pays him, what, five and a quarter a year. All right, Tarek, let's talk some Ovi. Big picture, and you've been around him from the start. What's it like to cover one of the NHL's marquee players and a character to boot on a daily basis? You know, it, it's funny. It's it, I, I've been able to watch him grow and mature and, you know, uh, early on in his career, he really was that guy where you just didn't know what was going to come out of his mouth. Like <laughs> he, he just kind of spoke his mind and he was kind of this free spirit. And just you just turned your recorder on and said, Alex, talk. Just tell me about this. <laughs> and he, he wrote your stories for you. Yes. But like anyone, you get burned a few times by the Canadian media and you start kind of, you know, Don Cherry rips you a few times and you start kind of measuring your words a little more carefully. So he's not he's not nearly as entertaining with the recorder on as he used to be. But when the recorder is off, he's still same old Ovi. He just now is more careful with with what he says. Um uh, publicly and just from a person who appreciates the game of hockey and has been watching it and, and playing it his entire life uh, you know it's it's one thing I'll never be able to explain adequately in print or to people who ask me what it's like to watch him play on a daily basis is how this dude when everyone on the other team knows where he's going to stand and what he's going to do still goes to that spot and then scores a goal. It's the craziest thing I think I've ever seen in sports. I mean, everyone knows that he's just going to park himself in the middle of the left <laughs> circle. Yep. I mean, everyone, I mean, like, you don't have to watch tape. Like, you know, like in, in D.C., guys, they are going to start painting. This is this is the God's honest truth. They're going to start painting in youth hockey rinks around here. Ovi's office. They're going to start painting that on I that I saw circle. that. <laughs> yeah, they're going to start. So everyone knows where he's going to be, and he just winds up with his one-timer. He could hit rolling pucks. He could hit slow passes, fast passes, passes that are in his skates. And the goaltender comes over, and he looks behind him, and he's like, God, <clears throat> got me again. There's just nothing they can do about it. And it's, it's a force of nature. Um, I mean, he, I'm working on this huge story right now um, uh, for The Athletic about how at 37 years old he's still doing what he does. And I'm talking to some of the smartest people in hockey, and their answer is, I don't know. <laughs> I look at him every night. I look at the box scores, and I go, how is he still doing this? It does not make any sense. Yeah. Um, and, and so that part of me is, um, uh, you know, I, I'm just you know grateful I've had a chance to cover him for as long as I have. And um, the other thing is, you know, I've, I've covered other guys, Wayne Gretzky, you know, when I was at the New York Times years ago. You know, I, I've covered guys as they got older. And the thing about Ovi that stands out to me, besides the fact that, you know, he shoots the puck from the same spot and everyone knows where he's going to go and he still scores, which is mind blowing, but is the fact that there are still times at 37 years old where he can crank it up and the entire building and press box like leans forward. You're like, uh, cause you know, you can, the crowd, you can just sense that it's coming and he still can blow around a dude, a mm. defenseman the outside, cut to the cut to the middle and then slip it between the goaltenders pads. And you're like, that was Ovi from 2012. He, now he can't do it every time. Like he used to do in 2012. Like he can't do it on every rush down the ice. But once a game, he can still reach into his bag of tricks and, and dial that up. And it's that that's amazing to me. All right. Speaking of bag of tricks, I, I published a story this morning and thank you for your help on it. Uh, an oral history of the goal that Alex Ovechkin told you 
is his favorite goal of all time. Mm-hmm. little surprised that he chose this goal. It's not a playoff goal. It, it really was an insignificant goal because the Caps were awful. The Coyotes were awful. And it was the sixth goal <laughs> in a 6-1 win. But when you look at what happened, you're like, okay, I kind of get it. So your perspective on that goal, and I think you have a, a good story to tell on this one. Yeah, so let me start with the story because, I, and I've told this before. I, I don't know if you if you if you've heard it, but so I was there. I was covering the game. It was an afternoon game. It was MLK weekend. You know, it was a holiday. I had a flight that night. It was a blowout game with five thousand people in the crowd. I've done my running for the Washington Post. I'm going to slap a top on it, run downstairs, get some quotes, maybe go catch up with with Gretzky, get a quote on how good Alex is catch my, um, my my red eye back to the East Coast. Done deal. And so I think it was 4 nothing or 5 nothing when he scored the goal. I'm looking under – so I, I'm, I'm in Glendale. I'm looking under the desk for where my where the plug was to my laptop. Oh, no. And I fumbled <laughs> around, and I'm like, uh, uh, where is it? And I'm looking down, and I grab it. And the crowd goes crazy, and I'm like, what did I just miss? So I, so I look up, and no. I look up at the Jumbotron, and I'm like, wait, did that go in? And now the crowd is doing the same thing. Now the crowd is looking at the Jumbotron. Gretzky, I look down at the bench. Gretzky's looking at the (laughs) Everyone's like, did that just go in? (laughs) And so the crowd is now on its feet. They're almost cheering. I mean, they're kind of cheering for what they just saw. So I was in the freaking building, and I missed it. I didn't see it live. Oh, my God. There. I didn't see it. I saw it, you know, twice or three times with the Jumbotron. And so I go downstairs. And now I'm like, all right, that that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. But like like Ovi said, I don't think anyone really realized how big it was going to be. I was like, okay, well that's clearly my lead now. Like I I have a lead for this this lame game played on you know in the afternoon in front of a small crowd. Um, I was like one of a handful of reporters who even bothered to go get Gretzky. And so I you know asked Gretzky a few questions. He gave me a couple of you know good quotes. I, you know I'll never forget Gretzky looked at me. You know and I, I covered him before, so I knew him a little bit. And he um. I said, so what's, what was going through your mind when you saw that? He said, Tark, I've never seen a player blow a kiss at me on the bench. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, Wayne, 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 no, no, no. He wasn't blowing a kiss at you. That's a tribute to his, his brother who died in a car accident when he was a little boy. After every goal, he, he blows a kiss to the sky. And that wasn't at you. And he, and he kind of laughed. But he gave me a good quote. And I, so I plugged it in. And so I go and I file the story. And I, I'm about to head to the airport. And my, my boss called and was like, yeah, you know what? Um, this is really taking off. You might want to sit tight. So we can get you tomorrow to write another story. We're going to have a business person. And that's when I think it was starting to hit OV too. He was like, wait a minute. I'm supposed to go to Connecticut to the ESPN to talk about that goal. Right. That crazy freakish thing where I was sliding on my back. No one realized until like 24, 48 hours later that this was going to be called the goal. It yeah. just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that obvious in the moment. And I missed it. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, I mean, that, that goal is just one of, obviously hundreds that he scored as he's chasing this record that Wayne Gretzky, who you just spoke about holds right now. Does he have, does Ovi have a sense of like what, I don't know, like what does it mean to Ovechkin? Have you talked to him about it and how is he handling like this pursuit of this record? Yeah, he's, he's, um, he loves it. He's, he has always been driven to be the best. He, when he came here as a rookie, he wanted like he probably didn't say I'm going to break all these records, but like he wanted to be go down as 
one of the all time all time greatest. And that that mentality has never changed, and that's part of the reason why he continues to have this passion for the game. The reason he continues to work the way he works in the off season, the way it, you know at thirty seven he still plays as recklessly and crazy as he does right now. I mean, Monday night on Long Island, you know, he doesn't, he's more judicious with how he doles out his hits now. Like he's, he's not just running around like a runaway freight train like he used to, but he still can change a game. In that game, the Caps were down 3 nothing. He saw J.G. Pajot in the corner and was like, huh, here's my chance to go get a little guy. And he crunched him. And, he, you know, and Pajot gets up and his teammate has to kind of help him. And now all temp- tempers are flaring a little bit. The referees call the five-minute boarding major, which got rescinded. But it totally changed the game. Like he still, he still can have that effect physically on, on a game. Um, but, you know, like I said, I don't think he came into this league thinking he was going to start breaking records. But he's always thought of himself as – potentially one of the greatest to ever play. And that has continued to drive him. And as he, as he has started to really, you know, check off all these guys, you know, you know, Yarmir Yager and then Gordy Howe. And, you know, I, I thought after he passed Howe, there was going to be kind of a, all right, I got to 800. I got to 802. No, he kept going. Like, I think now he's like, now the crosshairs got, he has Gretzky like right there. I mean, (laughs) you know, we were thinking, before that he was going to catch him in like the 24, 25 season. If he stays on the pace he's on now, it's going to be the end of the next season. Yeah. Like he's, Could he's, be. he's, yeah, he started to pick up the pace a little bit now that he's kind of sniffed it and kind of sees, you know, how, how close and, and that it's tangible and it's something he can do. Uh, you know, and he's a family man now he's married. He's got two boys of his own and, you know, people who are close to him have told me, you know, he desperately wants his boys. I think they're four and two to remember him as, as a great that like he doesn't want them to, you know, Sergey, the, the, the oldest comes to games now and you'll see he fist pounds him through the glass. It's the cutest thing. Um, but you know, he wants him to remember his dad, not as a third line dude who was hanging on to break some more records. He wants to, he wants him to remember him as, you know, a guy who finished, you know, first or second to Connor McDavid in goals. And so, you know, th- those are, these are all these driving, you know, these these things that are kind of driving him internally. Um, but he also wants to win. He still wants to win one more time. And um, uh, I, I'll tell you, for me, when I first realized that I thought he had a chance to break Gretzky's record um, was when he got to 700. I wrote that story. I did an oral history, like an instant oral history. That night in New Jersey, I talked to everyone who was on the ice for that goal and got their perspective on that goal. When I filed that story from the train ride home from New Jersey that night, I was like, this guy's going to do it. He's going to get there. He is still playing at a high level. He still loves coming to the rink. He still is taking care of his body. He's going to get to 895 and maybe 900 something. And so that's yeah. where it crystallized in my head. You know, I'm not 100% sure when it crystallized. In it. Knowing him, it was probably, you know, maybe second or third year in the league. He was like, ah, I've scored 53 straight years. I can do this. He probably was doing the math in his head. But I mean, that's when, that's when I realized I better start doing some reporting here. So when he gets there, I got a good story to tell. Okay. Tarek, I, I thought I knew a lot about hockey. So <laughs> I said at the beginning of the season, Ovi's going to slow down. He's getting older. There's injuries, injuries to the team. I said, maybe high thirties. Well, he's almost that at the all-star break at the high thirties. So, the question to sum this whole thing up is Alex Ovechkin 
the greatest goal scorer of all time? I don't even have to ponder that because I've, I've said it a number of times, absolutely without a doubt in my head. I mean, look, I've, I've played the game, albeit at a low level, but I've been watching it my entire life. Recently, I did a big feature story on Mike Gartner. Great goal scorer in his own right. But I went back before I started, you know, to, to do interview people and kind of formulate how I was going to write the story. And I watched some of the goals that he scored in the 80s. And I watched the goaltenders. <laughs> and this is no knock on, on what's happened in previous eras because I think it's not fair and it, it's not something that is totally um, apples to apples to compare eras. That said, I am not sure that any position in pro sports has evolved mm -hmm. as much as goaltender has in hockey. Mm -hmm. Mike Gardner was scoring on clappers from outside the blue line. Yeah. Right now, out, if you take a clapper from outside the blue line, Darcy Kemper catches it, drops it, and fires it up to his winger, and it's a two-on-one the other way. Yeah. Back then, it was going crossbar down <laughs> or it was just going in the net. Uh, you know, and, and so if you take goaltender and, and the advances that there have been in goaltender, I mean, you know, Darren Pang, a colleague of mine at TNT, one of my favorite all-time people, what's he, like 5'5"? Five, five? Darcy Kemper 6'5". <laughs> I mean, if you want to get a feel for how hard it is to score a goal in today's era compared to then, find some video of reverse angles of a guy shooting from, let's say, the slot or the circle. Back then, a guy winds up for a clapper from the circle, and he's got a goaltender and his small-ass equipment standing in the net like this, and you see all, all this net on, on every side of the goaltender. You're like, how did he miss that shot? Now you look at Ovi at the same angle, and... There is he's getting a stick on his stick from a, from a, a back checking forward. There's a defenseman in front of him. There's another defenseman coming over. There's a center cheating over, and then you got this six foot five goaltender with these enormous pads standing in his way at the top of the crease. And there's no there's you don't see any net. Like you might see a little sliver seven hole. You might see a little five hole. You might see a little under the glove over the glove. So. <laughs> It, it, it is just preposterous to me to even say that he's already not because if he had played in the 80s or 90s, we'd he'd be like 1,200 goals already. <laughs> but now if you ask an old-timer, they'd be like, well, if you gave me Bauer Hyperlite skates and uh, you know a, a 75 flex you know composite stick and told me to stop smoking, I, I could have scored that. <laughs> that too, right? So that's why you can't compare eras. But if you're just going to say – if you're just going to compare goal scoring to goal scoring, I don't know how you can come to any other conclusion that he's already the best because he's doing it at a time when it's harder than ever to score a goal. Well, amen. Yep. I, completely. I agree. Um, well, Tarek, we can't thank you enough for hopping on with us today and, and spending time talking about the caps and talking Ovi and, yeah, we, we really appreciate your time, and we'll have you on again soon. Sorry you didn't get the invite earlier, but uh, I promise yeah. we'll have you back. So By the way, it'd be nice if you actually came to Arizona instead of staying in. But the weather's better there. The weather is Washington, warmer there than so, here. So I'm pulling a little bit of a veteran move here. The Caps are off today. They're at Arizona tomorrow. Then they're off again, and then they're in Vegas. I'm just going straight to Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I Vegas see how it is. Fair that's enough. All. I'm yeah. Okay. To, yeah. I'll meet them in Vegas. That's all. Fair and you enough. feel and no slight. And I love Arizona. I just, you know, <laughs> just want to straight to You know what? Fair enough. Yeah, fair, fair enough. enough. Totally understand. All well, right, man. We'll, we'll catch up so with you down the road. Thank you so much for Thanks, joining sir. us. Thanks for having me. 
Awesome. Thank you. Wow. That was awesome. Super, yep. super thorough. Uh, really, really painted a picture of yeah. the, the state of the caps and, and OV also. So. Somebody was covered him from the start. Yeah, so that's, that's really that's cool. Incredible that's perspective. really cool. Yeah. Um, so we appreciate uh, Tarek for joining us. And I just checked the line for the game is not yet on DraftKings, but... I don't know. Like after that, I'm taking like Ovi anytime goal scorer. Hundred percent seems very, very yeah. appealing. In the mullet, he's he wants to score in this building because yeah. you want to score in every building you've played in, and it's just one. True, thing. it is the only building. I, I I think he scored in Seattle. I'd have to check the stats. Yeah. This might be the only building in the league he has not scored in. He's a showman too. Hundred percent showman in him, and yes, he, he understands. He wants to score. Yes, he, he does. Absolutely. So that's that's my recommendation. Head on over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app to place that bet as soon as the line goes live. And right now, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code PHNX and new customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And now I'm going to call upon Sean for his DraftKings pick of the week. And I wonder what it is. Are there football? <laughs> I wonder what his pick uh, of the week on. is. Um, uh, There's a tough one. There's a lot of options. A lot of places I could have gone with this. Um, <laughs> but after much consideration, <laughs> yeah. prayer, conversation with my family, I've decided that my DraftKings Sportsman pick of the week is the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Um, what are they? Minus what? Minus five. Minus they five. the Bengals. I just... I, yeah, I like your chances. Fix it. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta keep rocking with it until they, I can't anymore. Josh Allen bounces back, right? Josh Allen bounces back. Hopefully, doesn't turn the ball over four times. Bengals didn't look great against the Ravens, so here's hoping they actually get a result to this Bengals Bills game and the Bills get the W. So yeah, right. Bills minus five is my drafting sports pick of the week. Love it, love it. Uh, well, if you want to tell Sean, you can do so on DraftKings, and I feel like Sean's gonna need to calm his nerves a little bit before that game. So he might consider taking some OGs to to chill out. I know Sean does love OGs, and we do too. Their flavors are amazing. Um, their strawberries and cream is, I think it's this Friday it comes out, uh, their their ratio happy balance flavor. Can't wait to try that. I tried the blackberries, the blackberries and cream, and cream is, at, at the tea party last week. That's Unreal. Good. So check out OGs. Amazing flavors. Every, like, a gummy for all of your needs, sleep, microdose, indica, sativa, all of it. Check it out. You can find them at your local dispensary. You must be 21 or older to enjoy. All right. Was there anything uh, that Tarek talked about that you want to kind of talk about a little more? For me, one of the things was when he talked about, you know, goalies, like Ovi just scoring from the same spot every time. And everyone somehow being like, we saw it coming. How did this happen? And it reminded me of some of the quotes in your story, yeah. just talking about like that crazy goal that we discussed with Tarek. But like, how did that, how did that happen? How does right. this happen? That was kind of just like one of the two. Yeah, a lot I of had. fun to write that story, just to relive it through the eyes of so many people who were there just to get different perspectives. It's it. It's amazing that it's his favorite goal. But when you watch what happened on that play, you're like, OK, I get it. And and Shane Doan said it best. It's, or, or a couple of people said it, actually. But I think it uh, was was Jeff Halpern, former Coyote, who was the captain at the time. Special players do special things. And it's like being able to do something that nobody else can do makes it that special to Ovi. Two things from the interview that jumped out when he talked about his kids wanting to see him. He wants to see him, them to see him 
as a great player, not just a guy that's at the end of his career. Because a lot of times that's what happens. These guys have kids, and by the time they're old enough to understand what they're seeing, dad's washed, right? Ovi's still playing at a ridiculous level, so his kids may remember this. And then the talk of who's the greatest goal scorer, it's just no question. We've talked about this with goaltenders. You're not scoring from the from the half wall anymore, beating a guy far side. Goaltenders are so much better. It's not happening. He is the greatest goal scorer of, of all time. No argument. Yeah, and one of the things, and I want people that get an opportunity to watch Ovechkin live on the mullet or on TV tomorrow, there's one thing unique about this player, even his, at his age, it's his desire to score goals. And that's what makes him such a great goal scorer for me is because anytime he is on the ice, he has one thought in mind. I need to score. I'm not looking for the best pass. I'm not trying to get it through three sticks and throw a sauce to somebody. I am going to score. And when that puck is anywhere near the net, it is a dog on the bone and he is chasing that puck and he, you should see him dive over players, bowl through guys to get an opportunity to shoot the puck on the net. We talked about the Coyotes not shooting. Alexander Ovechkin is not passing up a shot from anywhere. He wants to score. Mm. And you watch him tomorrow, isolate on him for the shift when he's on the ace, and you watch him. And if that puck is anywhere near the net, he is going to fight, scratch, claw to get an opportunity to put that puck in the net. And that's what separates him from other people. He has a penchant for scoring because he wants to to score a goal when his feet hit the ice. Yeah, I think the last game, when I covered them last year in D.C., I think he had eight shot attempts midway through the game. It was crazy. Yeah. He was just firing every time he got the puck. Yeah, it is crazy. And and you think about, too, a lot of hockey players or pass-first team game. You saw Connor Bedard talk about team. And I'm not saying that Ovechkin's not about the team at all, but it is cool to see somebody who actually, like, like let's be real, like, you want to set records, you want you want that. And mm-hmm. I love that he's always been true to that and, and has chased that his whole career. And it's benefited his team because he's led his team to a Stanley Cup, which is something that all, everyone dreams of doing. So mm. he's he's really cool, and I'm really excited to watch that game. Um, just We're going to take a quick sidestep, and then I promise we're going to talk about the jerseys in just a few minutes. But I do want to just – I'm going to hand it fully over to Cray. We're going to stay in the Metro for a second. There's some news – Last night Ugh. out of Philadelphia, that is very upsetting. And I'm just going to throw it to you, Craig. And then I promise we'll talk about the jerseys after. Yeah, I think everybody knows what happened at this point. Ivan Provorov would not wear the warm-up jersey for Pride Night that everybody else was wearing. Opted out of it. They still opted to let him play. <sighs> the way this is being framed by people who are backing him is, oh, well, that's his religious choice. I'm really tired of people hiding behind religion on this one, Okay. Let's call this what it is. This is prejudice. This this is bigotry. I'm sorry. That's all it is. It's not religious freedom. Uh, your, your Bible was used to justify slavery back in the day. Your Bible was used to justify the deny women the right to vote. Look it up. You can find both of those. So let's not hide behind that. Let's just call it what it is. You are still free to do it, but we are going to call you out on it. I thought it was a bad move by Ivan Provorov, a bad move by the Flyers to let him play. And that's all I'm going to say on it. But I'm tired of people hiding behind religious freedom on this one. It's not that. It's bigotry. Absolutely. And I just think, too, they were auctioning the jerseys to Mm -hmm. raise money to, you know, help people play hockey in in diverse communities. So exactly. It's just it's just a good message. That's as mixed a message as you can send. Yeah. Anyway. Super, super bummer. and, And we hate to have to talk about it, but it is, you know, a bit like. 
probably the biggest story in the hockey world right now. So uh, thank you, Craig, for speaking on that. And we're going to bring in a Jersey expert <laughs> here in oh, a second because yes. I know from the, to- from the start of the show, the chat has been talking about this jersey. But very, very quickly before we get there, I just want to say we, we talked about the tea party a lot and how much fun it was. But yes. one of the best parts of the tea party was the food. And mm. one of those things was Mountain Mike's Pizza, um, who came there out. There was a mountain. A mountain of Mountain, mountain Mike's, Mike's Pizza. pizza. That was insane. Literally we a mountain. People, Take a whole pizza. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, like, oh, my God. People were thrilled. It smelled <laughs> amazing. It was, that was the best. It, it was pie. unreal. And then we got a Mountain Mike's delivery here at the office yesterday. So we love Mountain Mike's Pizza. Head on over to mountainmikespizza.com or check out their Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson locations to place your next order. And for diehards, get $50 Get a $50 Mountain Mike's voucher upon signing up to be a diehard. So great deal. Get Mountain Mike's. Did you look in the fridge, by the way? There, there's, there's some leftover. There's some yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm heading right after that's, lunch. That's today, so. lunch right after this. <laughs> um, and, and one more note as well. I'm going to take higher on OV shots on goal. I'm going to take <laughs> yeah, higher, oh, higher on for sure. Coyotes, whoever's the starting goalie, goalie higher saves. on saves. Yep. I'm taking it all. Um, we should definitely do a pickup. We're going to take the lower on Caps goalie saves, too. Yes, love it. Okay. Yeah, Coyotes can't get Higher shots on goal. We talked Easiest about that last night. Thing to do. Yeah, so check out Underdog Fantasy. Play the pick'em game. Just pick player higher, lower. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we can also super do a, a daily a daily draft. That's fun yep. too for the different slates of games. Try it out. It's super fun. Play with your friends, and it's really easy to get started. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with the code Peach and X and Underdog will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. So it's a great deal. Is it time? Get in on the action. Is it time? time to talk jerseys? Yeah, it's it time. Is. It's Everybody's time. Everybody's been waiting to talk. Everybody's jerseys. been waiting. I know we're here, and we've brought in Espo because he is our in-house jersey fanatic, if you will. I think fanatic's the right word. <laughs> yeah, I almost wish we could have wheeled you in on a chair like Weekend Update here. And when we but. talk about Espo and his love of jerseys, he literally and no joke brings in wears jerseys often at work that I have never and. Literally no idea. Not only what team it is, what <laughs> sport it is. Like he has jerseys from anybody that's ever had any affiliation with the state of Arizona. So he is our guy on this topic because he knows. Phoenix so, Giants, Phoenix. Uh, who, who, what? We, uh, Espo and I got derailed on a story we were working on this past summer, but we'll get back to it. We're going to do a history of all those teams in Arizona That's that he's never heard of it. Can I get drink beer in front of my boss? I know. What, <laughs> a, what a gig. I encourage it, Pete. I love it. Um, so I think before we get into it, let's take a look at the jersey itself. Um, this was released today. The, what what is it even called? The the Desert... Desert Knights, Knights? I believe is what they're referring to. Yes. The, not with a K, not like Las Vegas. Like no, Knights. Like, Knight, like Desert Knight third jersey designed by their uh, creative strategist and global fashion designer. Do you know how to say his name? Oh, look at you. No. Uh, okay. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, and he Did said his on? inspiration for the third jersey came from the environment, the community, the colors, and the clay roots of Arizona culture. I feel honored to pioneer with the Coyotes. The reimagining of the sport alongside culture and design was his statement. Um, so we've obviously seen some mock-ups, some teases of this. They finally released this today. Let's just give our initial thoughts. And I'm going to start with okay. Espo because we we brought him in, special guest. So so this is supposed to represent Arizona, the culture, the the landscape, everything. Apparently, Arizona is monochromatic and boring. <laughs> Apparently, this state wow. has nothing to offer other than maroon and off-white. 
And it's, I, I don't know. I look at this and I go, if somebody was looking for a knockoff jersey at Walmart, this is what the old maroon Coyotes head jersey would look like is this was this is what you would see uh, on the Walmart shelf and I hate to be so so cruel about it because I was genuinely excited when I saw the pants I thought all right cactus theme maybe we're going somewhere that I can get behind and then I saw the more you know version of Arizona with the star shooting across and I was like I, I, you've got one of the best brands in hockey uh, the Kachina is is iconic. Uh, the the peyote coyote, as I like to refer to it, <laughs> is iconic. You see it, you know exactly where, or what team it is, and, and what it represents. And this, I go, it could be anybody. Uh, you know, it's almost like those New Jersey jerseys that just said Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, and at least that color palette was interesting. This one is a little rough. DP, I know you have thoughts. <laughs> oh boy, do I. Um, yeah, I'm right there with um, with Espo. I it just see the, the the front logo is just terrible. I think it's boring. Um, let me get my face on here. I like I said to y'all, the kind of like shooting star with a little star over the eye gives me like fourth grade girl diary vibes. Like he's like, oh, cute little star. Wow. Um, and like I mentioned, and the flowy font. And the flowy font. Yeah. And like I mentioned to y'all before the show, it gives me big like. Here's a video game that didn't have a deal with the NHL, so they can't use the team's branding, but there's still teams in every city that there are NHL teams, and they have the same colors, but it's just Arizona. Like, it, it just seems like a, it seems like a knockoff. Like, that's what I said. It seems like something you would buy at Walmart. I hate everything about it. I think it's boring. <laughs> wow. I, I think the numbers, wow. the numbers are boring. It's just a, a plain, like, the off-white sand color. I just like Espo said. I think I think the Coyotes have the coolest brand, coolest colorways. Like, there's so much potential with Coyote stuff, and I completely missed the mark here. I think some of the worst jerseys I've ever seen in the sport of hockey, to be quite honest. And they brought they brought somebody in to do this. This isn't like, hey, our graphic designer didn't have a whole lot of time to put put into this third jersey, so this is what we got. This is a fashion designer they brought in to do it. I. I'm sorry. It does not fit the brand. It's sad. I think you could have done so many things with this as the Coyotes. Gone so many ways. Had a really cool third logo if you wanted. I done a really cool Western theme, Arizona. And instead, you get a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of something that you can't really I might mock up jersey designs that are better than this just to prove a point. I would love to see that. And it's not it's not it's not a speak to my skill at all. I just think these are incredibly lazy and anybody could have made. I would have preferred that cactus on the short on the on the, the you know the pants just dead center on That'd the jersey. Cool. I, I would have been better okay. than, than when, the when we saw the pants, I was excited because the pants are really cool. Can yeah. I temper this a little bit? Yeah. Okay. I don't hate the jerseys. Like I honestly I don't react that people know by now that I don't get all that excited about jerseys because it's a jersey. This, we're talking about fashion here. There's no right and wrong, really. It's just opinions. Um, I like sort of the some of the borders. I like the color. I like using that. To me, it's it's the script that's just a little dull. I, I thought they could have done more with what's presented right on the front of the jersey. The cactus would have been really cool. I'd really like to see them do something more with the crescent moon that they've ever done. Mm-hmm. The the fact that they had it at centerized for a while at at that arena that I can't remember the name of anymore because it keeps changing. Um, that <laughs> was cool. Diamonds. And I'd like to see them, you know, do something with that. But the script is just, eh, it's, it, I just looked at it and I said, 
meh. The Coyotes have had a lot of great jerseys. This really isn't one of them. Look, you, and I, I'm sorry to dominate this conversation. <laughs> I we brought you in it. for your expert opinion. Uh, but a, a sweater, a, a jersey, it's more than, than just fashion to me. It's a representation. Well, clearly, if you see of, your closet. Well, this is true, but it's a representation of the city, the state that, that we call home, a team that we have passion and desire uh, to see succeed. And it's what they wear when they go to other cities, when they represent us. And when you're trying to show off what the best of, of Arizona is, and there's a lot you have to overcome when you say Arizona to people uh, in, in many ways. I mean, you still see it when there's a national game. It's, hey, here's the stagecoach and the tumbleweed and some dude in a cowboy hat. Like, here's a mug of Paul Gosar. Yeah, like, I mean, like, there's all sorts of things that you have to overcome oh, when, when you're thinking Arizona and putting them in something that, that does not do justice to what this team's branding is, what this city is, and the love of hockey. I mean, just talk about what you have to overcome in the hockey fans' minds when they think Arizona, I think this is a disservice to everybody. And I'm going to say a few things. First of all, I'm going to, people that know, they know, start off with a huge HK. Like, <laughs> who cares? Like, as long as 20 players wear the exact same color, I'm all in because you go to senior men's, one guy's got white, one guy's got blue. They all wear the same color. That's helpful. So we'll start with that. <laughs> the problem for me is this franchise has had iconic jerseys. The the some of the best the Katina jersey I still put up represents the community, the culture of mm -hmm. Arizona, the colors of Arizona. It is iconic. As Espo said, you see it. It's Arizona. In the Gretzky era, they went back to an original six. Hey, we're red and white. It's two colors. It's two stripes. We're gonna make it really easy. We're gonna get back a huge. Coyote Howling Head logo. By the way, this is the other thing interesting that I love about those logos is the Coyote Howling Head has hidden imagery in it. And I yep. wish there was more description on that. Like when you look at the at his snout, there's four little triangles representing the four peaks uh, of the mountain peaks. He also has the, the tan on his lower chin. When you look at that, it's supposed to represent the bird, the phoenix rising from the ashes the, and the name of the city. Those things are what makes logos and uniforms iconic now if there's a story behind this one can't wait to hear it i have it right here but right now i don't mind the color i don't mind the script okay but these jerseys are made for marketing purposes they're made to sell jerseys and i tell you what fans like dp sean depause liked the orange jersey like the purple jersey because they have colors they're exciting and they have a lot going on I don't know if this one does. So we'll see. I mean, if they sell a ton of the jerseys, then they nailed it, and I'm an idiot. Um, okay, this is straight from the, from the article or the press release. So the shooting star represents the desert night when coyotes hunt and is also symbolic of the Arizona state flag. The edges of the okay, word mark fair. are not straight but uneven. This irregular outline along with the raw edge emphasizes the rough and raw desert. In addition, a half moon is used for the Captain C, C and a cactus is used for the alternate Captain A. This jersey shows the continued evolution of the Kachina print. And I will say the, I guess the pattern on the bot like it is kind of reminiscent of yeah, the Kachina. I didn't. I like that. Actually. I like that part of it. I think, but I think just to give my take, it's and here it says they'll wear maroon helmets, maroon gloves, and the pants obviously are maroon with that cactus. It's just like a lot of maroon and i think as an arizona 
community. I mean, even you look at the D-backs, how everyone's fighting to get the teal back and right like the the maroon is just so boring and the suns they the, these teal jerseys this year it's so cool and the you know the valley jerseys last year those like resonated and when it's when it's maroon to me just that monochrome it just feels like trying to be something that the fans don't even want mm. yeah well did you guys see the uh the a look as yeah. well to me, I know it's supposed to be two cactuses kind of leaning on each other. It looks like a rejected Arby's logo to me. <laughs> I mean, look, I hate to, I mean, I hate to, but you bring up the press release, right? And I hate to to say this too, but I was the guy that wrote a bunch of those for Suns jerseys uh, during the dark days, right? Uh, I wrote the the silver jersey that they had that had the the Western font. Like I wrote those. It's made up in in most cases. The, it's written after the fact. Now the coyote head with the four peaks, the kachina being the shape of an A. Those kind of things are thought of, but on the secondary kind of jerseys that come out, a lot of times just from Nike or Adidas mm-hmm. or whoever's making, the it's made up. It's made up by <laughs> somebody in marketing or PR. That's yeah, pulling there, back the curtain know, like, I, because I've written I've written two or three of those. See, you know? as I've said, DP. Marketing is creative lying. <laughs> exactly what it is, coming from a man with an advertising degree. So here's here's my final thought on the jerseys, and it, it harkens back to what PD just said. First of all, I know they're not marketing to you or right. me. Nope, we're not the demographic. Sorry, buddy, you're not either. Um, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so two things. Do the players like it? We've heard that they actually do like players it. players do like so it. So that's one. Two, does it sell? We'll see on that. If those two things, if they check those two boxes, it doesn't matter. that's all that matters. Yep. yep. That's all that matters. I will say, and I, you know, we tweeted out the photo and so I've read the replies. I would say 50% of people outright hate it and about 25% say like, oh, you know what? Now that I'm looking at it, it's not that bad. I will say it looks better on the player than it do- than it yes. did in like the leaked images of it, in my opinion. Um, and then I would say another 25% loved it. I mean, Nick in the in the chat said... He loved it, and we got a $5 super chat from Altec ZZ as well um, and said, it's your favorite Yotes fan in St. Louis again. I love the Kachina, but prefer the Howling Head from the past couple of years, so I love this new alternate. And I, you know what? It's a, It does come down to people's taste and opinions. And Absolutely. It, yeah. it all differs. So. I, I mean, and I, I will say this. Sometimes when you see things in person, you get a, a, a different feel for it. Uh, so maybe I will have a slight pivot if I ever – See it in person, but it would have to be a right now, very, <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to make a sharp right if I uh, if I were gonna change my my mindset on it. But uh, you know, I, I'm as you can tell, I'm very passionate about how these teams are represented and how our our, our valley is uh, is represented yeah. no, in our state. I, I don't want to give the designer that. credit before yeah. we leave too. It's and what I'm trying to pronounce it, Ruggi Villasenor, mm-hmm. who is the creative fashion director for the Coyotes, and he has also started the fashion brand Rude R H U D E. So if you want to check out his other things that he's yeah. designed, go to R H. No, it's I mean look him up. He's a, cool a world renowned designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've seen that's other really cool. Done. That's amazing. Stuff is Cool. Yeah, and I not, like the like, idea of bringing in, a, like we talk about the NHL being so stale with yes. like players coming in in their suits every day, and it, you know you see t- teams starting to loosen up and yep. allowing creative expression. So even though people don't all love this jersey, I love that they took a step in the direction of allowing for more creative expression and something outside of just like the the black and white cut and dry mm-hmm. that the NHL is 
sometimes is. Well, yeah, and I will never point. rip on a designer because there are so many cooks in the kitchen. Oh my gosh, yeah. Too. The marketing people, the league. You know, I, I'm sure even uh, Adidas had some say uh, because they have to produce them. So there's there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen with these kind of things. So it's never. Uh, necessarily on the designer. Absolutely. So let us know what you think in the comments and on Twitter and in our Discord as well. You can see this one for the first time in person this Sunday, uh, January 22nd against Vegas. They're wearing it a, a ton this season, they February are. 19th, February 26th, like almost every home game in March, it wow. seems like. Uh, so check out the jersey schedule. I believe it's in the release, but this Sunday is your first chance to check it out. Espo, I want you to stay here okay. for the rest of uh, for the rest of the show. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I want to tell you guys about Illegal Pete's, which is my favorite place ever. Um, and if you're going to any of these home games uh, up in the next week or so, stop by Illegal Pete's before the game. It's right on Mill Ave, a couple minutes from the arena. Grab yourself a burrito, make a burrito bowl, try the queso, grab a margarita. It's unreal, um, super delicious, and we love Illegal Pete's here at PHNX. A couple of events coming soon, so stay tuned. And it's also great because if you have you know dietary restrictions, it's easy to work around that. Um, it's our go-to spot for burritos and good times and beer and marks and queso. So mm. check out Illegal Pete's. It's amazing. And Petey, I yeah. heard you crack open a Four Peaks. <laughs> So what are you drinking? Daytime golden lager. Daytime. <laughs> it's a daytime. We got to mix the fruity beers in the daytime and the kilt lifters morning of the evening, which by the way, our fridge is empty and out of kilt lifter. Oh. Just saying. We'll put Espo, in we'll put in a uh, SOS over to our fridge. <laughs> but this is a good drinkable Seriously. middle of the day or barbecue beer, the golden lager. Big fan. Barbecue beer. I like that. It's a barbecue beer. I like that. Love it. Um, well, we love Four Peaks here, obviously. And and Petey tried the peach last night on the show for the first time. Yep. And? Very drinkable, not a heavy aftertaste. I like it. Okay. Peach is actually Light. one of my favorites. It's, Light it's, it peach. is my favorite. Light I love peach. it. I haven't so tried much. that yet. So Really? Yeah. I got a sample now. Yeah, that, I was expecting wow. a heavier... A flavor and it's very subtle, very light. Yeah. So we'll be, if you want to try Four Peaks beer, come hang out with us next Wednesday. Last Wednesdays are back. Join the PHNX crew at the A Street Pub on January 25th. All of our shows will be live all day. We're the first ones up at 11 a.m. So come hang out with us. Enjoy $3 beer specials and get some chicken tendies. And it's going to be Money. a good time. Can't wait. All right, Petey. I know you don't want to do this, but we're going to do it because it's your birthday. <laughs> And we want to acknowledge you on your birthday. Um, it's just an excuse to acknowledge you, Petey, um, on your birthday because we we love and appreciate you immensely. So, chat, please, I know that you're going to hate this so much. Share your favorite thing oh, about Petey. Oh. But while you're doing that, we got some photos um, fr with the help of your son, Jackson. <laughs> I went behind your back. Um, sorry about that. But we got some unreal photos of you and him back in the day with your gray wow. hair. That is that is a solid <laughs> flow right so there. So there is Petey and wow. son Jackson. I don't know how long ago that was. That's a long tw tw time. At least 20, 20 years. years yeah. At least 20 years. Um, but very cool. I didn't know see. you rocked a hair like that. Buddy. Oh, That's he had, a, he yeah. had a full on mullet. Full on long haired mullet. It was, yeah. Yeah, unreal. The, uh, Kenny G flow going in here from the 90s. <laughs> oh, the guy stopped me on the street in New York, asked if I was Groden. Was the guy the James, singer? James Groden? James, yeah, asked if I was him. Oh. Yeah, I well. don't know what that means. Or jo excuse me, Josh, Josh. Gro yep. Groben. Josh Groben. Groben. Groben, yeah. yep, Josh Groben. Asked wow. if I was him on Did the street in New York. <laughs> I uh, didn't know who it was. Um, and that's funny because A-Root said, your singing voice is his favorite thing about you. 
um, love PD's size and head shapes. And when there were many during this piece, because I, as when you get older, and 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 Espo and Craig can attest to this, you don't really give a about your birthdays anymore. Like I know. Under we're, the rug. I know, but we're making we're making it a Thank thing. you. I appreciate everybody. We here. are. And Thank Espo, so last night somebody said that PD size are the North Star of their Coyotes fandom. I mean, it, it's right now I use that inspiration for the sun show as well. <laughs> That's exactly. true. Uh, I Get try to the tap day. into my inner PD size. Bemidji so. boy. Yeah, Bemidji boy, your endless wisdom. And, and I think that's the thing. I'm sorry, I'm just going to keep going yeah, here about just pumping your tires. But I think that's the thing that's really cool is like the knowledge that you provide to this beat. And I've like I've been watching hockey my whole life. But the things that I've learned just watching hockey with you in the last year and a half um, is unbelievable. And what pe- people don't see is just how creative you are behind the scenes. So I amen to that. We really appreciate it. And you're going to hate this. Yeah. Even PD. more. I'm so sorry. We're just working sabotaging you. Nobody say anything about it. So, like, I swear. I said to my I wife, happy birthday, birthday to my Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear PD. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Can I, can I wish that this whole thing didn't happen? <laughs> you can, but you're out of luck. God, Sorry. Thank you. Oh, the OEL jersey. All right, you can make a wish, okay, but you I'll can't. Wish. You can't wish for this to be undone. So <laughs> sorry. Yay! Wow. Watch only this. One year, buddy. Start to go only take one year for the wish Thanks to come to true. That's good for you. <laughs> at our this age. is my family. So thank yeah, you so oh, much, well, PHNX. I love everything about being oh, here. Well. And I come across a little grumpy sometimes, but no. <laughs> what? But I'm not. I'm usually just super positive. <laughs> PD, I'm just happy I have somebody to share anxiety with. <laughs> so. Thanks, everybody. Oh, buddy, man. I have enjoyed working with you for the past 80 years. Is this like it's my last awesome. show? <laughs> Are there like cardboard boxes yeah, you're you walking out? forced retirement Jeez. here. Jeez. <laughs> it's been great working with you. Thanks, everybody. Oh, man. Well, here's to many, many more. Um, so, everyone, thank you so much. We appreciate Thanks. you. Thanks for the kind wishes in the chat as well. Thank you again to Tarek Elbashir for joining us, talking some caps. And thank you, Espo, for talking some jerseys with us. We'll, we have a lot more conversation about jerseys to come. Because, you know, it's a very divisive topic. So people get fired up. We love to talk about it. Um, please subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so you never miss when we go live. We'll be live after the Caps game tomorrow night for our post-game show. So tune in there and be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a review wherever you get your podcast as well. And lastly, follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow Espo at Espo. Very easy. Yeah, you can Espo. follow Craig S. Morgan, at Liam Merrill, at S. Peters Hockey. Wish him a happy birthday on Twitter. At uh, uh, Oh my God, I almost said at S. Peters Hockey again. I'm just really yeah. promoting your Twitter today. At Sean underscore to pause. And lastly, you can follow the show at PHNX underscore coyotes thank you again everybody so much for tuning in have a great rest of your day and we'll see you tomorrow happy birthday pd <laughs>